It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life, <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> You're listening to the best of the back row, celebrating all 50 states. We've got some odd facts about every state uh so let's uh, dive in to learn some fun things here number one is alabama senator dixon hall lewis was an alabama democrat and the heaviest member of congress in history weighing 500 pounds wow he served eight consecutive terms before <clears throat> di- dying in 1848 the senate made a special seat for him and his carriage uh, <laughs> his carriage had heavy duty springs installed very funny Dude. Wow. Big dude. Okay. Roll Tide. I'm not that far away, though. Uh, Number two for Alaska. Uh, With unusually long summer days, Alaskan farmers can grow some crazy big produce. In recent years, they've been able to produce a 35-pound broccoli and a 65-pound cantaloupe and a 135-pound cabbage. My goodness. (laughs) My goodness. My goodness. I'd be all about that 65-pound cantaloupe. Mm-hmm. I'd love me some cantaloupe. Mm-hmm. Y'all can have it. <laughs> uh, Arizona. There is a castle built in Arizona near Phoenix by a man named John Gully. What's perplexing about this castle is that he built the entire thing himself over the span of 15 years. Moreover, he abandoned his wife and daughter <laughs> to do it, oh. and no one knows why. Later, after his death, his wife and daughter were contacted by his lawyer saying that they now owned that castle. And it was the first they had heard from him since his disappearance. Well then. Okay. Crazy. Arkansas. On the last day of 2010, 1,000 blackbirds fell that. out of the sky dead in Bebe, Arkansas. Is that how you say it? Beeb? Bebe? I think it's, I think it's Bebe, yeah. Bebe? Yeah. B-E-E-B-E, Arkansas. Authorities had their theories of why it happened, from high winds to stress-related trauma, but couldn't figure out anything conclusive about why 1,000 blackbirds would just fall out dead. Yep, I remember that. Uh, California. In 1859, San Francisco was home to the first emperor of the United States, Joshua Norton I, or so he claimed in the Bulletin newspaper. (laughs) The editors published it as a joke. Still, he paraded around the city pretending to be the emperor, and many began to play along, giving him free meals at restaurants and listening to his comical proclamations. He even made his own currency. Well, good for him. (laughs) Worth a shot. Colorado. Denver International Airport had a 32-foot blue Mustang sculpture installed Mm -hmm. in 2008. Officially, its name is Blue Mustang, but locals have another name for him. Blucifer. Why? Well, first off, it killed its sculptor, Luis Jimenez, after part of it fell off and severed his artery. With its glowing red eyes and fierce demeanor, many believe it's demon-possessed, and some conspiracy theorists have claimed it's on top of a hidden bunker for the New World Order. Yes, This is a big theory that the New World Order bunker is under Denver International Airport. Yep. (laughs) It's big enough. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it is the biggest It's the biggest one in America, yeah. It's huge. All right, Connecticut. Once belonging to a pioneering neurosurgeon, Harvey Cushing, 
550 human brains inside of jars were passed on and given to Yale University. A custom-built room in their medical library was made to house the brains. Hmm. Uh, if you hear um, yard work being done and the sound of this uh, radio show, I apologize. Someone is mowing the lawn right outside our window. Moving on. Delaware. A Delaware man's dying wish was for $10,000 to be dropped over the town of Luiz, Delaware from a helicopter. And a year after his death, they made it happen. The money was made up of denominations of five, ten, twenty, and fifty dollars. It literally rained money that day in Delaware. All right, this is gonna blow your mind. I actually met somebody from Delaware once. Whoa. Yep. What are the odds? <laughs> Florida. Oh, Florida. We Florida know man. that you are full of weird and crazy things. But in this case, Representative Rich Workman tried to have a 1989 law banning dwarf tossing in bars repealed, saying that it limited employment options for little people. I mean... Yeah, Florida. If that's the job you need to get... Times are tough. To make money. Yeah. Times are tough. Florida. The farther north you go, the more south it gets. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly today georgia on new year's eve roughly four thousand georgians head out to Tallapoosa to play games listen to music eat food and watch a taxidermied possum named spencer drop from a building as a countdown for the new year this possum drop tradition was started in 2000 and has since blown up to be a huge event take that new york wow <laughs> let's watch the possum drop over in Georgia. I'd go. Georgia. I'd go. Georgia. So that whole dwarf tossing thing, I had to read it a few times to understand what it was. Yeah. And that it's like a recreational yeah. thing. Dwarf Literally tossing. throwing a little You person. launch them. But I thought, like... I, like a hammer I, throw. Well, I thought dwarfs get drunk and they toss them out of the bar, making them leave. Like, oh. No, so they're trying to repeal it. that they're not allowed to be tossed out of a bar. As like, a game. You have to no. hand walk the dwarfs out of the bar when they're <laughs> drunk. It's like the shot put. Pretty much. Yeah. Or you smart. Javelin throw. Yeah. <laughs> With I didn't understand person. how it was limiting their employment <laughs> options. Uh, I get it. So that's why you were silent. I understand now. I don't know if maybe you had a dwarf friend. That you just didn't want to offend by talking about it. Best friend's sister growing up. Yeah. Was a little person. Little person? Really? Yep. She had a, a bone disorder, osteogenesis imperfecta, that made her bones oh. incredibly weak. And so she was wheelchair bound. Really? Uh huh. And she was a little person. So the her they, bones were weak, but she was also smaller? Mm-hmm. Were they yeah. were they, they didn't grow? Correctly. So okay. So her being a little person was tied to her bone. Yeah. Dis- okay. Yeah. But okay. if she sneezed, if she laughed too hard, she would break ribs frequently. Really? Oh my frequently. goodness. Yeah. That's terrifying. That is scary. Yep. You're listening to the best of the back row, celebrating all fifty states. Celebrating all 50 states. Let's jump right in with Hawaii. 
Though the United States was born out of rebelling against the English monarch King George III, leaving a lasting culture against monarchies, Hawaii is the only state in the Union to have a holiday celebrating a monarch, King Kamehameha. Is that how you would say that? I have no Kamehameha. idea. I would add extra letters. Kamehameha. I'm pretty sure it's Kamehameha. King Kamehameha. Uh, Idaho. <laughs> no one really knows where the word Idaho comes from. Before it was a state, it was called the Colorado Territory. Mm, that's a great name for a state. <laughs> Politician George M. Willing put forth the name Idaho, saying it was a Native American word for gem of the mountains. What a liar. He admitted later he just made that whole thing up. Because of that, Congress initially shot the name down, but it later became so popular with the locals, they decided to officially name it Idaho in 1863. That's insane. That, I mean... <laughs> Based on a that's lie. Like, that's like naming your kid... Oh, there was an article I read one time. This girl, you know, they, this couple had a baby and they were so, like, excited and the husband put forth a great name. Turns <laughs> out, like, found out when this kid was, like, 13 that it was the name of his favorite character in a video game <laughs> like well, my life is a lie <laughs> illinois in chicago whole house has been long no, rumored you just said illinois it's is illinois it, it is illinois you're right you i'm the worst are human toe fungus <laughs> illinois is uh <laughs> she almost spit coffee <laughs> in chicago whole house has been long rumored to be haunted but things took a turn toward the bazaar in 1913 when word spread about the devil baby living there. Locals from far and wide grew fascinated with the story of a baby that spoke all sorts of profanities and even had cloven hooves for feet. People came to Hull House in droves to see it. Even the Atlantic sent out a reporter to write about it. I think it's funny that they had to specify cloven hooves for feet. Not cloven hooves for ears, because where else would you have cloven hooves? Just in case you were wondering, uh. <laughs> it was the feet. All right, Indiana, and I've heard this one. Uh, in Kokomo, Indiana, some residents have complained about a strange noise that gives them headaches. And this is like almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Reports began in 1999 and described it as a low, persistent grumble that would only go away if you left town. Others had more extreme symptoms like diarrhea and nosebleeds. Of the 45,000 residents, only a handful of the residents have been hearers to the hum, and scientists say that they aren't imagining it. Something indeed is out there making the noise. So it's like in one area, I remember seeing this whole thing, there's one area where just this group of people all hear it in this town. That's weird. But there is nothing, nothing there that should be making it anywhere. That's weird. Yeah. It's very strange. All right. Iowa. In Riverside, you're going to like this one. In Riverside, Iowa, there's a monument that reads, Future Birthplace of James T. Kirk, March 22nd, 2228. Yes. When local Trekkie Steve Miller read Making of Star Trek in, Trek, Trek, in 1968, it said Kirk would be born in a small town in Iowa, but didn't specify which one. Like a boss, Miller proposed making Riverside the town at a council meeting. His motion passed unanimously. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't get approval from Gene Roddenberry or nothing. He's like, uh, "Town that I live in, let's make this the town." <laughs> I really like 
Star Trek. So this is what I think we should do. Since then, the town radically became Star Trek themed. And in 2009, it was recognized as Kirk's birthplace in the Star Trek remake film starring Chris Pine. So it is now official. It's canon. Kansas. (laughs) In this state. On Highway K96 between the Bentley and the Mays Road exit, right outside of Wichita, stands a tall tree considered a monument by locals. If you honk at it, you'll be granted good luck, or so they say. Locals love the tree so much that when it was threatened to be torn down in the 90s, they banded together to save it and won the fight. Oh, and it also has its own Facebook page with thousands of followers. That's almost as silly as that bridge in Paris that you like put a lock on and then you throw the key. <laughs> that's romantic. No, that's silly. That's romantic. There's nothing. No, a lot. No. Well, see that tree over there? I'm going to honk at it. <laughs> good, good luck. Walked under a ladder the other day. I need to go to the honking tree. <laughs> Kentucky. We all know about rainbows, but an even more rare phenomenon is a moonbow. That's not a thing. During full moons on clear nights, you can see the moonbow at Cumberland Falls or on the, or wait, no. Cumberland Falls is on the Cumberland River near Corbin, Kentucky. Uh, Louisiana, a Louisiana burial ground famous for being the home to uh, psychic Marie Laveau. Also has another bizarre tomb built by Nicholas Cage himself. Built in the shape of a pyramid, this white tomb has the inscription Omni Ab Uno, which is Latin for everything from one. No one knows why Cage built the tomb other than assuming that's where he wants to be buried when he dies. Nick Cage is the creepiest individual. He's a very weird man. And I just, this just gives me another reason to not like him. But he's a fantastic actor. No, he is not. And an awful actor at the same time. He is just kind of depends on the movie. Awful and awfuler. <laughs> oh, come on. Awful and awful. Come on. He's got some fantastic ones out there. No, he doesn't. Left Behind. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say that with a straight face. No. Where they, where they punted no. a midget off of a plane. No, they did like not. Like a football. They did. No. A Muslim man punted a midget off of a plane. <laughs> Was it like in the air? No, they, oh, had, where right. they, they had landed and they had the shoot down. Um, and the guy was taking his time. So the guy just kicked him right off. <laughs> I remember being very upset by it. I'm like, that's, Why, like, a, like, part midget? that's like a hate crime against midgets, man. That's not the PC term it is. I know, people. little person. Sorry. It's just more fun to say. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry it if is. it's offensive. But it's more fun to say. Maine. In the 80s, Christopher Knight drove away from home into the wilderness and never looked back. For 27 years, he lived a solitary life in the woods, surviving mostly by stealing things from local cabins nearby. <laughs> not really surviving. That's not. Or you're stealing things. It's not like you're eating crafty. berries. Eating berries and wiping yourself with a leaf. He's stealing things. He's from like, local ooh, Charmin, they got the good stuff. <laughs> He built an entire campsite and never once purchased anything or spoke to anyone during that time. After years of larceny, he was finally caught and arrested in 2013. Oh my goodness. So he survived completely by theft. <laughs> yes, but this story just stole my heart. So that's another thing he needs to be charged for. All right, last one for today. Maryland. The first Ouija board was created in an apartment building that now stands at a 7-Eleven. 
Elijah Bond and Helen Peters created the board and even asked it what it wanted to be called. That's creepy. They named the board named itself. Mm-hmm. Bond grew such a close relationship with the board, his tombstone was made into one, which you can find in Maryland. That's not something I ever want to visit. It's very weird. Yeah. Nope. I'm not about that. <laughs> I remember see, that not is one of those that is one that of those way. things that Christians are very don't ever well, play with the Ouija board. Spirits are real. Right. And right. I, the only spirit I want to talk to is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I don't need no stinking board to talk to him. <laughs> but I remember as a kid, long before becoming a Christian, playing it and being, this is dumb. We're, we're just all pushing it to wherever we want it to be. It's mm-hmm. not a thing. Yeah. Ain't no spirit talking to us. Yeah. But uh, there have been some genuine instances, instances yeah. oh, where... Yeah. where uh, spirit forces seem to be uh, involved i guess yeah who knows you're listening to the best of the back row celebrating all 50 states Good old Massachusetts. In Gloucester. It's no, it's Gloucester. Gloucester. No, Gloucester. Gloucester. I hate you. Was it? Gloucester. Gloucester. Locals grease up a 200 foot horizontal pole extending from the pier with all kinds of slippery things like banana peels, axle grease, Tabasco sauce, among other things, in honor of St. Peter. The pole is roughly 25 feet above the ocean, and contestants try to walk across it to reach an Italian flag at the end. Anyone who can successfully do do it essentially gets bragging rights. This act of madness has been going on since 1927. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and I want to be there. Michigan. It was 1983 in Detroit, and juvenile delinquency was rampant on the eve of Halloween, causing... 650 major fires in the area. This led to naming the night before Halloween Devil's Night. Things reached a fever pitch in 1984 when firefighters had to put out 810 fires. What? And officials sounded the alarm to clamp down on the practice. Since then, government officials created Angel's Night with concerted Detroit residents patrolling neighborhoods together to staunch out the problem. Jeez, <laughs> Kids these days, or those days. Speaking whatever. of multiple fires, did you hear about the fires in Boston last week? No. Where, like, some gas main or something blew up and random houses, like, over 50 of them, or maybe more, I don't remember now, but, like, lots, all caught on fire, blazing fire at the exact same time. I had no, no, I didn't. I watched a live feed of a helicopter just going around different areas and finding, like, one house in every neighborhood that was on fire. It was insane. And because there's they're all happening at once, there's not enough firefighters. Yeah. So they're just all burning down. That's awful. Nuts. So, yeah. That's bad. Those poor people. That's bad. Yeah. That's a they should get, like, crisis. Boston Red Sox tickets. Which I'm not sure how many people actually know about it because it's happened during the exact same time as Hurricane Florence. So everybody's focusing on Florence. So... What had happened was I didn't know that there was a hurricane. Yeah. Because I have we been, never really. 
pay attention to it over in New Mexico. I've been so busy with work and school that I, I've barely had time to like check Facebook. It's been nice. It's been, you know, right. That's never really a bad thing. No, but, um, John was telling me the other day that he talked to his sister because he, she, her and her husband live in North Carolina and he was like, yeah, hurricane flow. And I'm like, that is the, what? From progressive. That is, that is not the name of this hurricane. (laughs) He's like, yeah, it is. And then you said Florence, and I thought, oh, that makes more sense. Like, give yeah. it a full name, not a <laughs> not the name of the aunt that visits women every month, and <laughs> we don't really like her. There was a Hurricane Matthew not too long ago. Nah. And, you know, when people board up their houses and businesses for hurricanes, they always write derogatory things to the name of the thing. Yeah. So I got sent all these, Matthew, kiss my grits, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> things written all over boards. Oh. <clears throat> that wasn't very nice, friends. Uh, we but do have funny. we do have a few friends though over in the Carolinas uh, through Twitter and whatnot. We got Scott Duran. We got volunteer worship leader who is the one that catapulted Back Row Baptist to uh, its early away. early prominence. Uh, all of them dealing with the fallout. Hopefully they're all safe. Uh, let's continue on here. We got sidetracked. Minnesota. Minnesota. In Minnesota. In the small desert town of Dorset, Minnesota, <laughs> 22 residents casted their ballots. Are I'm you? going off in the wrong. I got Irish. Uh, like Irish. I'm not good at my, I'm not good at accents. Nope. Corn, beef, and cabbage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 22 residents casted their ballots and elected a three-year-old boy named James Tufts as their mayor. Tufts' philosophy on leadership boiled down to being nice and no poopy talk. Which, in light of recent leaders, might be pretty good advice. Yeah. Oh, Mississippi. Golly. It was 1942 and residents of Pascagoula. Pascagoula. Yeah, whatever. Not only had to worry about their boys fighting in World War II, but also had a strange and eerie figure stalking the streets known as the Phantom Barber. As their population soared due to war material manufacturing, a mysterious figure broke into people's homes and cut pieces of their hair as they slept, hence the name. Few clues were left behind, and to this day, no one knows its identity. That'd be weird. You wouldn't have to worry about it, though. How would you know? Did they leave the hair there? Because you're bald. Oh, (laughs) because, oh... (laughs) That's not nice. You're you, not a nice person. You are. You're not nice. By choice. You are literally bald by choice. I'm not bald by choice. Yeah, you got a little bit of hair here. I got the horseshoe hair. It. I shaved that, but you're still considered bald with your horseshoe hair. Anyway, <clears throat> I think well, you would know if you woke up in the morning to brush your hair and you... But like, would like you know part... if there was just one small little piece cut from your hair? Well, I'm assuming it's enough to be of significance. Why would you assume that? Because you know what happens when you assume? I guess. Sometimes you're wrong. <laughs> you thought I was going to curse. Shame on you, Matthew. Shame on you. Uh, yeah, I would assume it would be enough that you'd notice too. Mm-hmm. That's still weird. 1942. It's not the uh, not not the demon barber of Fleet no. Street. No, he was in London. It's uh, just a just, a, just a, he's not he doesn't want to kill you. Phantom one doesn't want to kill you. Just wants to you know give you a trim. Practice. Maybe he just wanted to be a barber and he couldn't find anyone to practice on. So that's what he broke into houses. That's not what happened. <laughs> Missouri. 
During the Great Flood of 1993, 24-year-old James Scott purposely removed several sandbags from a levee, causing 14,000 acres of flooding and destroying many buildings in West Quincy. Why did he do it? He wanted to strand his wife on the Missouri side of the border so he could stay in Illinois and party with his friends. Scott was convicted and received the maximum penalty of life in prison. That is the silliest. I mean. Dumbest man. Yeah. Why would you? My wife's a killjoy. I'm going to flood the whole town to keep her there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know what I really don't like? My wife. You know what I really like? Partying. <laughs> you know what I also like? Flooding towns. Flooding, flooding West Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Montana. For 35 years, this festival in Clinton, Montana, hosted some of the wildest antics on planet Earth. It's called, brace yourself, parents, the Testicle Festival. <laughs> Hosting weird games, tons of music, plenty of debauchery, and thousands of Rocky Mountain oysters, this wild party had people parading around town in costumes or wearing nothing at all. However, in recent years, the festival has been canceled due to several deaths and low attendance. I get the the deaths (laughs) part. I do. I mean, I want to know how. But low attendance. But low attendance. That seems like the place to be on a Saturday. I get that 17 people have died, but um, last year we only had 16 people. And when (laughs) we first started, we had 700. So I think we should just stop. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Uh, Are people allowed to just go around walking around naked? I hope not. And is it just this day that they're allowed to do that in Montana? I I don't understand. I'm all for John walking around naked. But that's it. Guys. (laughs) I mean. I said guys like he was here too. I just, y'all are both the worst. No, 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 no. We get it. You're married. Keep we're, that to we're yourself. We're in please. love, Matthew. <laughs> just because me and my wife have been married for over a decade and no longer love each other or like to look at each other. <laughs> that's on you, yeah. Matthew. Well, that's what you say to me every week yeah. when I complain about your grossness. We're in love. Your grossness. As we were walking up the stairs, you had your husband lift his shirt for you. Just so you could get a mental image. It's disgusting. Y'all are disgusting. Awesome. Make me puke. All right. Nebraska. (laughs) Nebraska. Nebraska. Believing that it was required to have a red heifer born in Jerusalem to move along the second coming of Jesus Christ, a Nebraskan farmer, along with the Reverend Clyde Lott, bought and sent plain loads of these red heifers at 1,000 per heifer to the Holy Land. Unfortunately for them, all the heifers were rejected, and the apocalypse hasn't happened yet. Come on. I actually read a story about this the other day, is that they've, they, because uh, this is a real thing, mm-hmm. uh, they do believe this, and uh, they have just certified the first batch of red heifers born in Jerusalem for decades. Uh, they, they did some, they did some sort of breeding thing with injections or whatever in normal heifers that they all successfully gave birth to red heifers and they've been approved as purebred red heifers. Well, there you go. Yeah. So it's very interesting. I want to read more about it. Is the apocalypse going to happen? Let us know in the comments below. (laughs) We've been waiting on these red heifers guys and now they're here. (laughs) So rapture time coming soon. Uh, Nevada. 
Many don't realize famous stories can have unintended consequences. In this case, Area 51 and the UFO sightings set off a panic and fascination for thousands around the country. Unfortunately for poor Steve Medlin, he received the brunt uh, of sympathy for living nearby, a rancher along extraterrestrial highway. He received tons of mail asking about Area 51. He grew so tired of it, he made the black mailbox. A mailbox with his name and the name Aliens for all the mail to extraterrestrials. Sadly, in 2015, the mailbox was taken down. So he made a separate mailbox. All right, if this is about aliens, put it in that box. How do you know unless you open it? Um, Is it like two rancher guy and aliens? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Anyway. uh, Maybe he just put, maybe he put them in there. Maybe you'd stand at the thing and just shove the crap in the alien box. Oh, just leave it there. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Did aliens ever pick up their mail? <laughs> the sun aliens? <laughs> the solar aliens that we learned about yesterday. Uh, New Hampshire. On Route 103 in Newberry, New Hampshire, a large boulder is painted in red, white, red and white with the message, Chicken Farmer, I still love you. Some believe the rock first was painted as early as the 1970s by a boy trying to send a message to a local girl on a chicken farm. It remained unchanged for decades. When it got worn down, locals would paint it and make sure it remained intact. However, in 2001, someone complained about graffiti and the city had it painted over. What? Sure enough, someone repainted it back in the rock and locals have petitioned to keep it there. That's cute. Chicken farmer, I still love you. I would assume that would be a girl to a boy. Sounds like a boy like to it. a girl. Maybe like, they'd analyze the handwriting. On the rock? <laughs> on the rock. By the way, this paint is being used. <laughs> I don't think people in New uh, Hampshire have southern accents, so I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> a yeah. southern accent. New Hampshire is up there in the rich part of the... Yeah. You know. Indubitably, chicken farmer. <laughs> I, <laughs> I still have romantic feelings for you. <laughs> No. New Jersey, last one. The New Jersey Pest Management Association holds a cockroach derby every presidential election to see which candidate will win. Cartoon pictures are placed on top of each cockroach's back, and they race. Of course, in 2016, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump raced in the derby. Clinton won. But not in the election. But Praise not Jesus in the Hallelujah. popular cockroach vote. <laughs> no, she did. No, wait, she won the popular vote. She won the vote. popular vote, but she not lost the, the electoral, electoral college. college. All right. My joke died. Yeah, it did. <sighs> Clinton won. You could have said, like the, elec- like the popular vote, but not the electoral college. <laughs> uh, one more piece of news before we go to break. Even though he's 9,000 miles away, a 30-year-old popcorn seller has become the people's prime minister of Australia. Peter Dutton started receiving nasty messages on his Twitter feed in Austin earlier this year, and he couldn't figure out why people were so angry with him. He created the Soul Food Gourmet Popcorn brand, which people love, but he also shares the same name as the ultra-conservative politician who just lost the race for prime minister in Australia. Mm. When Aussies on Twitter caught wind of his polite and good-natured reactions to the mistaken identity, they immediately showered his social media account with love and his popcorn business with a flood of support. They collectively nominated the popcorn maker as the People's Prime Minister of Australia. 
a GoFundMe page allowed his 6,000 new Twitter followers to donate money for the plane tickets, and now Peter and his wife are packing up loads of popcorn to share down under. That is so nice. The People's Prime Minister of Australia, like the People's Champ, The Rock, who even when he wasn't the champion, he was the People's Champion. You are listening to the best of the back row, celebrating all 50 states. Still filling in for Mo. Yeah, I am. John, also in studio. Yeah, he is. Say her, something, her lovely husband. I'm here. Still here. <laughs> All right, so we totally forgot to do this yesterday. Uh, so we're going to have two batches of these today. But we've got state facts for you. Bizarre state facts. And up first is our home state of New Mexico. Nuevo Mexico! Upset. <laughs> Oh, gosh, what have I got myself into? Upset by all the psychiatrists and psychologists used as expert witnesses in trials in New Mexico, former Senator Duncan Scott proposed an amendment on a bill requiring them to dress up like wizards, wearing long white beards and waving a wand around during testimony. The Senate passed the bill, but it was ultimately removed in the House. Christ Jesus. New York. During Albert Einstein's autopsy in 1955, his personal physician, Henry Adams, took his brain, but more notably, his eyes. According to him, he snipped them, and they came off clean as a whistle. After that, he placed Einstein's eyes in a safe deposit box somewhere in New York. Just let that sink in for a moment. Einstein's eyes are still out there somewhere. In a safe deposit box. Well, are they just like laying there or are they in some kind of juices? They're loose, man. Loose. They're probably not there anymore. Yeah, they're shriveled and gone now. If if they're Uh, You ever left a pickle out overnight? Like that's You wake up, it ain't there anymore. (laughs) Same thing. Animal might have taken it, but I think it just disintegrates. While many languages are spoken in the US, North Carolina has an English dialect spoken in a couple parts that most people living outside of the area would be hard-pressed to understand. The region has its own pocket of unique language. Do we have an example? Hoy Toiter. <laughs> no, it's High Tider. That's how they pronounce it. Hoy Toiter. Oy vey, that's gross. Isn't that weird? So they talk like that. That's how they talk. The Hoy Toiter. Russian? No, it's not quite Russian. It's a Hoy Toiter. It's a weird thing, a mix of. It's almost um, a Chicago thing. <laughs> it's all, uh, you know, that bears. It's a mix, yeah. Out. It's just a mix of that and Russian and Tar Heels all the and, way. Uh, Swedish and Swedish chef. Yeah. Hoity toiters. Hoity derby, derby, derby. North Dakota. In 2013, a very strange natural phenomenon was recorded on the Cheyenne River in North Dakota. It was a large spinning circle of ice. It looked like a giant record on a turntable. Scientists explained it was like tiny bits of ice all caught up in an eddy. Huh. 
So it's explainable. So it's not really exciting. No, I guess not. Ohio in Dublin, Ohio, a monument to an inventor of various corn species resides in perfect form called Cornhenge. It was Love commissioned it. by the Dublin Arts Council and completed in 1994. It consists of 109 six foot tall ears of corn statues. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. A lot of corn. Yeah. Corn as we know it today was not a thing way back when. Corn used to be all multicolored and weird. Mm-hmm. Now we got all these uniform yellow niblets in a row. Niblets. That's a fun word. <laughs> and you can only use it with corn. It only makes sense with corn. Nothing else can be a niblet. It's got to be a corn niblet. <laughs> Say niblet, John. <laughs> N- <laughs> Say it. Say it. <laughs> Say it. Niblet. <laughs> it was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Oklahoma. The only person known to get hit by space debris was Lottie Williams, a Tulsa, Oklahoma resident. I'm going to sneeze. Bless you. Woo. In 1997, she saw a flash of light and instantly was struck by a piece of metal. NASA confirmed it was likely space debris. Fortunately, Williams was not injured and estimated 5,400 tons of space debris has fallen to Earth over a 40-year time span, and luckily the chance of being hit by any of it is very, very small. Except but for this that is woman. the only woman, yeah, so far in recorded history that is confirmed to have been hit by space debris. And it had to be Oklahoma. <laughs> right. Like, Oklahoma or Florida, one of the two places. I was just out here screaming at the dog. <laughs> Minding my own business trying to feed my llama, and here comes the space debris. <laughs> Up from the outer space, just had a flash of light, and I was, boom, I was hitting the head. Woke oh, up the next morning. All right, go. Three minds. <laughs> <laughs> now every time I blink, the toilet flushes. I don't understand. <laughs> Oregon. Near Jacksonville, Oregon. They take Bigfoot sightings very seriously, so much so that they built the first and only Bigfoot trap in the United States. After someone claimed to find 18-inch footprints resembling human feet, the North American Wildlife Research Team built the trap in 1974. For six years, they filled the trap with animal carcasses. Usually, the trap was only set off by a hungry bear. Though. Are, are we sure it wasn't Shaq instead of Bigfoot? I mean... <laughs> he's, he's got like 23-inch feet. Right? Yeah. He's just, hanging, he's just hanging out in the woods of Oregon. <laughs> Eating animal carcasses. <laughs> we left these ribs over here. That was my Shaq. That's, that how, that's exactly how Shaq sounds. We left these ribs over here. <laughs> Gotta eat these ribs. Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pennsylvania. From 2013 to 2014, a male cop dressed up as an Amish woman... <laughs> A male cop dressed up as an Amish woman in Pulaski Township. Why did he do this, you might ask? Well, apparently he was going undercover to catch a man exposing himself to Amish children. The Amish community was fully supportive of him so that they could potentially catch the predator. He never caught him, but as it turns out, a similar person was caught in another county for doing the same thing. So, Got a rogue so, flasher. So, so this guy dresses up like this, I yes, might add. You're right. He's got a picture. He's like, okay, I'm going to try to catch this guy going around flashing Amish children, which has to be the greatest sin in all of Pennsylvania. Right. Or ever. (laughs) Yeah. And he spends a year. A year. A full year. 
undercover as a woman and then doesn't catch the guy. <laughs> just what just a year of waiting for somebody to pull their pants down. This is the biggest sting he's ever done, never been a the, part of. That is the worst life I can imagine. <laughs> what I wonder what his name was as a woman. Uh, Rhode Island. This little state experienced quite a big explosion in 1964 when a uranium recovery worker made a big mistake at Wood River Junction. Rather than adding, oh gosh, trichlorothane, 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 there we go, that's better, trichlorothane to a tank of uranium-235, he added more uranium, which led to the explosion. Exposed to plenty of radiation, the worker died within 48 hours. Serves him right, being a big old dummy. Just kidding. Very morbid there. I'm just kidding. Uh, South Carolina. Last one here. On May 22nd, 1856, the U.S. Senate transformed into a WWE wrestling match when South Carolina Representative Preston Brooks walked up to an unsuspecting Charles or Senator Charles Chuck. Sh- uh, no, I thought that said Chuck Schumer. Charles Sumner and beat him over the head with his cane. Yes. He beat him several times before Sumner was carried away. Brooks walked out of the Senate chamber unrestrained and became a hero in his state. Why the violent act? Sumner was talking trash against one of Brooks' kinsmen, Andrew Butler. That's That is a WWE storyline right there. That's a faction right there beginning to form. That's I mean, Ronda Rousey kicking someone's butt for talking bad about Natty. Yep. There was a there was another like politician from back around that time that like he would regularly like challenge people to wrestling matches to solve problems. <laughs> we can't agree, we're gonna have to agree to disagree. Let's settle this in the ring. Like Abraham Lincoln used to do that before he was president. It was just like <laughs> everything would be out and Abraham Lincoln was ungodly amounts of strong. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so he's like, "Yeah, let's just let's just wrestle." Like, <laughs> Think oh, I'm wrong, right? Punch okay. you in the face. <laughs> How wrong do I feel now? Boy, Four score, <laughs> four scars, and, and seventy years punches ago. ago. <laughs> Please stop. Please just stop. We could do an entire Please day stop. of this. Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> My four fingers brought upon your face. <laughs> Okay, so all men shall be equally laid out. <laughs> oh, it's time for five random facts. Hit us with them, Hillary. Elephants bury their dead. Okay. That's that's weird. That's the whole fact. Purdue University created a licking machine to finish Tootsie <laughs> I'm not done. It took the machine 364 licks. While human volunteers got to the center in just 252. Just in case you didn't hear it over in John's dry heaving. It was finishing Tootsie Pops. Yeah, so it was, it was to test how many licks it takes to get to the center. A One, licking machine. A two, three. <laughs> Who was looking? Who presented the case for like getting grant money to do this? Because you gotta, you gotta ask people... And present, like, why this is a good idea. Please stop. 
And the great people in Illinois were like, or Indiana were like, you know what? You know what problem really needs to be? You know what needs to be answered? You know what? I, you know what question we've never had a satisfying answer to? That one ad campaign from the '60s. How many licks? That owl always said three. Always bugged me. So I've devoted my whole life to this licking machine. Because you know, like. He was just this inventor, and he's sitting, he's got papers all across his desk with, like, scribbles all over the place, and he's got, like, you know, a machine that wipes your butt for you, and, you know, um, a, 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 you know, just all these crazy machines, and somebody comes in like, what you working on? I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm just working on this, um, you know, deterrent for, for great, riot, riot, for big riots that, you know, will harm no one, and everybody would be satisfied with it. Oh, Cool. What's this? <laughs> I want to build a machine that licks. It's all it does. Sitting there trying it's to figure out the process. Machine. Late at night, hair wiry. Assistant comes in. Do you want another cup of coffee? Not now, Karen. <laughs> I've almost got it figured out. What would be better is if it was just a napkin with the word licking machine scribbled on it. Just a wet Question napkin. Mark? Just rub it over. Just, that's mm. what he handed in. Mmm. <laughs> Next, can you demonstrate how your machine would actually work? And then he just goes and licks people. <laughs> oh, just like that, Phil. Please stop. Oh, thank Please you. Please stop. Oh, All right, gosh. another one. Christmas with the Cranks was written by a famous author. Best known for his legal thrillers, author John Grisham also wrote Skipping Christmas, a novel that served as the basis for Tim Allen holiday comedy Christmas with the Cranks. Worst I love that Tim movie. Allen movie. No, I love what? that movie. What? I love that it's movie. It's gloriously bad, but it's so great. Good. It's, it's, we want Frosty. It's almost that was my bad. That was Dan my Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Just give us Frosty. <laughs> <laughs> almost as bad as the other two Santa Claus movies. The second one was awful. What? Oh, gosh. It was so bad. I Just the one, one, the only one redeeming scene was the. The, all the teachers getting the presents thing. Yeah. That was nice. That was but everything that happened at the North Pole with movie. the plastic Santa. Well, that plastic part was uh, It was so like bad. Like, if I wanted to see a Kardashian at so Christmas bad. time. Anyway. And then the third one. That, the Jack I Frost loved, one. I loved Martin Short in oh, it. I hated that one. The storyline was garbage. darn near nonsensical. Garbage. But... I, I often like wish to become Santa Claus. I don't know why anybody <laughs> would wish to not be Santa Claus. Anyway, John T. Walton, heir to the Walmart fortune, dropped out of college to spend more time playing the flute. Well, of course he did. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> He's the heir to the Walmart fortune. I need no college. The only person that does less at Walmart is the person that owns Walmart. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. All right, there is something called call of the void it's that feeling when you stand in a high place and think about jumping but you don't actually want to and you don't actually do it that's an unfun fact yeah now i've this is this is serious where i've been in that position both in the jumping over things or like walking in what, traffic yeah, yeah or like what would happen if i just floored my my car right now and just didn't stop mm-hmm. you know i've had that to the point where i was I got afraid that I was about to actually do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, I can't do that. My foot would be inching towards. 
But yeah, it's very strange. It is. Strange phenomenon. You're listening to the best of the back row, celebrating all 50 states. Final 10. 10 10. Bizarre facts about our 50 states. All right. Hillary's going to read these ones. Yeah. I am. Are you ready? Are you ready? Of course. If you're you're bad at it, I'm going to take over. That's fine. (laughs) If you ever wanted to, okay, this is South Dakota. If you ever wanted to wrestle another human being in a vat of mashed potatoes, now's your chance to head over to Clark, South Dakota and get in the ring. That's right. John is out of here. (laughs) Mashed potato wrestling is a thing that happens, because why not? (laughs) This sounds like a very specific, like, fetish. (laughs) Don't use that word. This is a family show. An incredibly specific... (laughs) Liking. Mashed potatoes. All right. Tennessee. After an elephant named Mary was goaded by an inexperienced innkeeper she charged and trampled him to death in reply the circus took the elephant to nearby Irwin Tennessee and hung the elephant with a railway crane jeez jeez there's gotta be a better way to off an elephant that circus has to be shut down now like they can't I'm pretty sure they all are now. Well, if PETA didn't get involved, they are now. When was, Dang, PETA. Was say. this recently? or No, I'm pretty sure it was a long time long ago. Long time ago. I'm all right. Look it up. You go ahead. Texas. Last in- year. They hung. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Texas. Texas. No one cares about Texas. In- Texas is the worst state. Shut <laughs> your mouth, Matt Coker. Just trying to get a goat out of John. Sorry. 1916 was when the elephant was hung. There's a picture of it. Oh, Hanged. that's so sad. Oh. Yeah. It's it's exactly what you imagined. Terrifying. Uh, Stop. I don't want to look at that. All right. Texas. <laughs> Nin- 1854. A handful of Kentucky settlers moved out to Texas, creating a small community that would later become Blowout, Texas. In that area... Was a bat? Sorry, it looked weird. In that area, a bat cave with thousands, with a thousand bats and substantial buildup of bat guano, which is full of ammonia and other flammable gases. Guano. Guano. One night, lightning struck the mouth of the cave, igniting the mass, igniting a massive explosion of bats and their perspective guano. And that's how their little town got its name. Wow. That is. That's a fun story. Lightning strikes and out come a thousand flaming bats. (laughs) And their poop. And bats are, I don't know if you've ever heard bats scream. No. It is terrifying when they're not on fire. (laughs) This didn't say that they were on fire, but... Had to have been one had one could only imagine, and they got fur, so it probably Ooh. smelled too. Anyway, Utah <laughs> in two thousand one, the uh, t- the town of Lavarkin Lavarkin came together in a council meeting meeting and voted to become a UN free zone. 
Even more bizarre, the council put in the ordinance that the United Nations supporters must come forward and put a sign on their lawn or business with the words, UN work conducted here. They also had to file their support with the council and pay fees. <laughs> Utah, right. everybody. All right, you need a break to gather your tongue. I'm going to read the next one. And then uh, you what? can jump back in. I just don't it. know how to read, man. <laughs> Vermont. While it's not a big deal for most people, if you're visiting Vermont and want to buy alcohol to bring back to your vacation rental or hotel, you might come up empty-handed. Why? Because unless you're at a bar, Vermont will not sell alcohol to out-of-state licenses. Uh, no liquor, no for, liquor you. for you. <laughs> John, do you? Gosh, want this is the most un-American thing. <laughs> Welcome to Vermont. Live free or die. Also, <laughs> oh wait, that's New Hampshire. Never mind. <laughs> Vermont is Bernie Sanders' hometown. Hometown. Welcome to welcome the whole to Vermont. Si- the whole state is his hometown. One town. Welcome to Vermont. Well, because Ber- Bernie Sanders probably runs around going, "That's mine. That is mine now." That is mine now. That is mine as well. I know that is yours, but it is mine now as well. This is also mine. Vermont. (laughs) Vermont! (laughs) Virginia. (laughs) New York isn't the only state with random body parts resting. What? Nope. Don't finish Stonewall. (laughs) Stonewall Jackson's amputated left arm is buried in in Lacey Family Cemetery in Elwood. For those who don't know, he lost said arm after his own men mistook him for the enemy. Da-na-na. Hey. Hey. That's gross. All right. Washington. State, not D.C. We don't have D.C. on here. That's because Washington, D.C. is not one of the 50 states. It's not, but it's still a... Anyway. No one is really sure how it got there, but raised seven feet high inside the trunk of a tree is a is an old rusty bicycle. Many stories and legends have been spread about it, usually involving a boy in 1910 leaning his tree, his bike, his bike. <laughs> Le- he rode his tree into the forest, leaned it up against a bike. I told you I don't know how to read. <laughs> leaning his bike against the tree and it swallowed up the bike over time. Others just think it's a big hoax. Regardless, it's not likely going anywhere. This next one looks like mine. Go for it. Read it. Hosted in Pocahontas County in West Virginia, the annual West Virginia Roadkill Cook-Off is a beloved (laughs) tradition by locals where you can eat squirrel gravy over biscuits, teriyaki marinated bear, or deer sausage. After you get your fill, you can burn it off by running the Possum Trot 5K. (laughs) Yes! These are my people. <laughs> so I've I, had deer jerky before. We have deer sausage in it's our... It's fantastic. Um, deer sausage is really good. Elk burgers are also fantastic. Nope. It's real lean. Um, all right. Wisconsin. Rhymes with mansion. <laughs> Wisconsin. Wisconsin. If you're a fan of trolls and are not... I told you these glasses don't work. Anyway, if you're a fan of trolls and not those that grace the comment section, the main street in Mount Horeb, Horeb, Horeb. okay, is the place you'll want to visit. The troll way, as it's dubbed, is lined with hand-carved wooden trolls. Mm. Nope. No thanks. 
Like the ones with the jewels for belly buttons and the hair. Do you remember? Yes. When they were trying to appeal to boys with the trolls and they made these giant muscular action figures that still had troll heads and hair. Oh, yeah. But they had like the jewel in their chest. So you'd move their arm one way and it would spark inside the jewel. I I had all kinds of those. (laughs) All right. Last one is from Wyoming. Yeah, you do it. The jackalope is a hoax. Amen. Jackalopes do not exist. (laughs) I believe. So does Kevin Wellborn. Invented by Wyoming brothers Douglas and Ralph Herrick after they affixed antlers to a jackrabbit and sold the taxidermied animals and a tall tale to anyone who would believe them. The myth spread, of course, and today you can find the largest jackalope in Dubois, Wyoming. It's literally the size of a horse. Though why you'd want to find this jackalope is anyone's guess. It's huge. It's got a saddle on it. It's gigantic. I've, I've told you several times, I don't know how to read. <laughs> now, why did you volunteer to read these? I just asked because nobody wants to hear your voice all the time. You are listening to the best of the back row, celebrating all 50 states. Thank you for listening to the best of Matt and Moe here on BackRowRadio.com. For more of Matt and Moe's antics throughout the years, follow our podcast, The Morning Side Hug, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can hear brand new episodes of The Morning Side Hug Monday through Thursday on BackRowRadio.com at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time. See you again real soon.